the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, where in a single moment you can recognize something about somebody else because you understand how to interpret their name. Because as I like to say, you can know everything about somebody from what they like in the bedroom to what they are like in the boardroom, according to what their name tells us. Now, Albert Einstein once said that everybody's a genius. Now, you've heard me say this over and over again. Why would one of the smartest people on the planet declare that everyone is a genius unless he knew that to be true? I'm your host, Sharon Lynn Wyeth, creator of Namology Science and author of Know the Name, Know the Person. And tonight's show is extra special as far as I'm concerned. I brought on my friend, Michael Slupka, and he is a negotiator of the best. Now, we all know that the President of the United States is known for his negotiating skills, whether you like it or you don't like it. But knowing how to negotiate is so important because we all use it all the times in our lives over and over again, as Michael's going to explain to us. And it's just incredible how important this particular skill is. So Michael is an expert on the topic of negotiating and decision-making and the dynamics that impact, influence, and affect negotiations in our personal lives, our social lives, and especially in our business lives. He's also the host of his Negotiating for Success podcast. And Michael has personally trained over 50,000 people of all experience levels across multiple industries in 31 countries on how to negotiate more effectively. Now, I think this number, Michael, is so impressive because I know that I have personally done thousands and thousands and thousands of names, but I'm not close to your 50,000 mark. So that is just highly impressive. Michael's five-star rated presentations and negotiating skills training programs have been delivered around the world to both small and medium-sized businesses, Fortune 500 corporations, and professional associations. He has appeared as a guest on various popular podcasts and radio programs, including mine, and has written articles or contributed to articles um, nationally. 
in many newspapers and different magazines, and I could list you the names and you would all be impressed. But I want to get right to it. So welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You radio show, Michael. Cheryl, great to be here, and thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so delighted you found time for us. So, Michael, to dig right into it, how important is knowing how to negotiate? Well, Sharon, it's a question that, that, that we get asked and I get asked frequently. Um, and negotiation is, is kind of like a hidden topic to many people. Um, we negotiate every day in our social lives, our personal lives, and our business lives, and it's an essential life skill. Um, we're negotiating with tradespeople, banks, mortgage companies, children, spouses, partners, significant others, neighbors, automobile companies, employers, uh, recruiters, we, we're negotiating every day. The challenge that we, we often have in our, in our speaking practice and when I coach and work with people is getting, to, is getting people to realize that, in fact, it is something that they do every day in their lives. A lot of people believe that it's a skill that's only used for business people or salespeople or in business situations, and it's, it's, not, it's just simply not true. I know in my own personal life, I think 70% of the time when I do my negotiations, it's in my, it's in my personal and social life. So it's, a, it's an essential life skill, and it's also a learned skill, Sharon. A lot of people think it's a skill that somebody else is trained to do or you're educated to do it. it, it it's a skill that, that um, almost everybody can learn to be more effective at. So we're going to be talking about negotiating tonight. So how do you define negotiating? Well, it, it, it's, the, it's the, general de- the general definition I can give you is it's the, it's the process of moving an involved party to some degree in the desired direction. So first of all, another party needs to be involved in, this, in the discussion or dialogue. And the process of negotiation is, is moving that person in a desired direction. Now, most people believe that direction should be in... Um, one's own direction but we teach win-win which is all about creating something that i need out of the negotiation and making sure that the other party involved in the negotiation gets something as well Um, so i I really view it as win-win and i view it as moving an involved party to some degree in a desired direction on the economic side of it um, it's really important to understand this. We, we teach a process, and I work with people, to make sure when there's a high concern for a relationship, if you're negotiating with a significant other, a partner, a spouse, a colleague, or a family member, you're obviously going to be a little bit more flexible in that negotiation than you would be if you were negotiating with a credit card company, bank, or a, or a mobile phone company. So the goal is to move a desired party in a, in a, in a specific direction. And there are skills that you do to, to do that. You know, that's interesting. I'm so glad you mentioned the win-win because that was my next question for you is what constitutes a win-win. So- well, yeah. And Sharon, the, the strange thing, there's a lot of practitioners in negotiating now that are talking, are, are teaching and have written recently about that win-win um, and or reaching for compromise between two parties is is a sign of weakness. And there's many people that are talking about not making compromises or concessions to create a win-win. And we just don't believe that um, because the other person needs to feel good about his or her outcome. And the only way to do that is to work the negotiating methodology so that the other person does feel good. So the, the definition of win-win is um, both parties feel as though they've accomplished something and that um, both parties don't necessarily want the same thing. And that's an important thing that people need to understand is that the other party in a negotiation has pressure points and outcomes, desires that they need to have achieved. And the goal is to find common ground and have the flexibility to reach for some compromise. And there's strategies that you do to make that easier to do without just making concessions to people. Well, and I think it's very important, but I have fairness issues in my name, and I think if it's not a win-win, it's not fair. You know, so I always well, look at people's... I was going to say, I always look at people's names and wish more people had fairness issues in their names. But go ahead, Michael. What else did you want to say? Well, that's it's a very good point. Um, there are four... We test for four personality types, Sharon, in our in our programs. And so I classify 
There are four uh, personality types, and this is not a Myers-Briggs discussion or a DISC profiling discussion. There are pragmatic, analytical, amiable, and extroverted people. And the goal of a good negotiator is to understand the personality type of the person that they're negotiating with. And when I'm negotiating with somebody who I believe is amiable based on my benchmarks, I certainly will position the negotiation um, with a high degree of fairness and create certainly create the reality and the perception that there is fairness. There's a lot of negotiations, Sharon, that are that are one-sided, that are, are win-lose, and those are not good. No, I wouldn't think so. So very briefly, give us the difference between the pragmatic, the amiable, the third one you said, and the extrovert. Yeah, so the a pragmatic person involved in negotiation is, is very simply designed as an, as an individual who wants to cut to the chase, low patience level, wants the facts and figures very quickly, does not like elongated stories, um, has uh, a strong sense of discipline, um, but generally it's sort of a low attention span. An analytical person is somebody that wants, again, the facts, figures, they want to analyze everything, they want to understand what they're getting themselves into. An extroverted person is an individual that is highly emotional and gets excited by outcomes, uh, they often lack um, attention to detail. And amiable people generally wish to please everyone. They don't like high-pressure situations, and they certainly don't like high-pressure people. Um, amiables, you know, if you're negotiating on where you're going to go for a particular religious holiday or, or an event like that, amiables generally will compromise very quickly to keep everyone happy um, because they don't like to create a discussion over who's going where. So the secret to this is you can you know the question might be well how do I know who you know what what a personality type someone is well what we teach people to do is is just through analysis of body language um, and in your particular expertise it could be someone's name um, mm -hmm. body language um, type the pictures how they have their screensaver on their laptop how they're organized what kind of briefcase they carry the clothing they wear they wear the type of cars they drive are all generally pretty telling on their personality type. People who talk about sports a lot are generally extroverted. Isn't that fascinating? As you were speaking, I was thinking of the different letters and letter combinations and where they would be in the name to give you the same information. Um, so this is the part of the program normally where I interpret some of your name. And I know I don't have much time, so I'm just going to give you the highlights. In Michael's name, it says he is quite a manifester. He's very inclusionary. He likes to include everybody because he likes to be included. He can do things the hard way. He has learned from doing them the hard way so that he's saving other people that problem of doing them that way. He likes to be in charge of himself, doesn't want somebody else in charge. And he has a good sense of self. And I think that's really important anytime you're negotiating that you're not going to give up your sense of self because then you wouldn't come away um feeling really good the the coolest thing in your name michael is that you what you you stack the deck and so every year or every group of years should get better than the years before them okay so you constantly are making life better as you get older which i think is a great way to live you know because we don't want to be going in the opposite direction um and you've learned how to be incredibly likable without changing who you are to get liked. Well, we need to take a break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on X Network and on the website, knowthename.com. Now, after the break, we're going to find out some key things to remember about negotiating. So stay tuned. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? 
Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyatt, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Now, our guest tonight is Michael Slupka, whose website is negotiatingcoach.com. Again, it is negotiatingcoach.com. And know that you can always find out more of the show notes on both X, um, on the radio show, xzbn.net, and also on knowthename.com. Okay, so Michael, you were talking about different things about negotiating and defining it. And it made me curious on how do you differentiate between negotiating to get what you want and also making it a win-win versus simply setting boundaries? What's the difference between negotiating and boundaries? Well, boundaries in the context of, of, a, of a personal situation or a social situation, if I can use that as, as the example, if you're a parent and you're setting a boundary of, of a curfew or um, expectations with regards to behavior or room cleanliness or um, things of that nature. Um, the first thing about boundaries is they have to be realistic, reasonable, and fair. And I think one of the problems that people get into when they set boundaries for people is that the boundaries are not based on what we call maximum plausible position. And, and a lot of people set boundaries that aren't realistic and reasonable, which causes the other party to object to the boundaries that have been established for him or her. And then that creates conflict. And then often what happens is people cheat on the boundaries or um, skirt the boundaries or skirt the rules. And I think it's so much better to um, mutually agree upon what those boundaries are and, and gain agreement to sticking to what the boundaries are. I, I think... You will get some people, Sharon, who, um, you know, they can even be young people who will continue to put pressure on those boundaries to test um, a person's ability to reinforce the boundaries. And that's where you're into perpetual negotiations, which is when we do our, our seminars at large associations for parents or spousal programs, somebody will ask the question, should I negotiate with my children? And And the reality is, you certainly want to encourage a degree in negotiation, but you don't want to have it interfere with the basic rules and boundaries that have been agreed to. You know, that makes me think, I wonder if really good teachers are just natural negotiators. Well, I think there are. So, so that's a good question. Um, some people have a very natural feel for the process, Sharon. So, so when we, if I was in a room with 100 people and we were doing a seminar, it's pretty easy to see that about thirty, about 33% of the people in that room have a natural feel for the process of negotiating. 33% of the room, you know, struggles with the idea of needing to do it and needing to get better at it. So there are some people that have a natural feel for the process. 
Interesting. Okay. So I love your definition there of reasonable, fair, realistic. Okay. That, that boundaries need to be that way. So talk to us about the difference between negotiating Michael and manipulating, because I think a lot of people back off and say, Oh no, I'm just being manipulated. Well, that's an, that's another great point you, you raise. Um, and that's why negotiating is a topic that's always perceived as something that, you know, salespeople do or they or, or people view it as manipulation. And manipulation involves the coercion, an excessive amount of coercion power to manipulate somebody to be able to adopt your position. That's really not negotiation. It's the use of coercion power. So there's seven types of power that are involved in a negotiation. Coercion happens to be one of them. It's also the worst form of power that you can use as a negotiation as a negotiator, which is to force somebody into accepting a particular position. Um, and again, this has really have nothing to do with the boundaries. If somebody violated a household rule or a speeding rule or something, you know, there isn't a negotiation in some of those scenarios. But you, you really arguing intensifies people's desire to prove themselves right. And when you're perceived as manipulative or when you are manipulative it's very difficult for the other side to have trust and to feel a sense of confidence that what they've arrived at is is generally win-win um there is a lot of manipulation going on out there and if i can explain why there's some people have situational power sharon and that means that they have a significant advantage in a particular situation that allows them to manipulate an outcome and um, that's becoming more and more prevalent today where institutions and people have situational power over you and, and it's tough to negotiate or arrive at a, at a win-win outcome when that's the case. When when somebody is coming from a manipulative point of view or, or position, okay, and we've all had those in our lives, we've all, you know, had people attempt to manipulate us, so it's not anything that's new for anybody what do you think is the best approach back or the best response or a question that can be asked or how do you point it out that, Hey, I'm being manipulated or I feel manipulated and I don't appreciate it. Well, the first tip I would say is to not necessarily um, confront the person with the accusation of manipulation. What we tend to do is we treat manipulation as a bit of an objection. So somebody becomes aggressive and confrontational, um, which is a form of manipulation, or we assess that they're manipulative, then generally we say, why do you believe that that particular approach is going to help you get to your outcome? So the moment you feel someone is manipulating you, I don't advise people say, hey, you're, you're manipulating me and I feel manipulated because it creates a defensive mechanism. What I try to teach people to do is understand the why the person is doing that. It's generally the person is insecure um, or there's a characteristic about the person who's trying to be habitually manipulative that you need to understand. And then in a nice way, we teach a questioning methodology, which just says, you know, I, I'm uncomfortable with the, with the direction that this is headed. May I ask why you believe this approach is going to get you what you want? And you, we use terms like help me understand. And could you help, you know, could you explain to me why? And, and generally, if you can get to the why and peel back the onion, you can understand, the, you know, the personality type involved in the motivation for manipulation. Um, we really try to get to the why, uh, and the person can say, well, I'm not going to tell you, just do this, that these are the rules. I'm not going to tell you, this is just the way it's set up. And then you have to really trust the fact that if that's the direction it's going and you have options, then we tell people to walk away from it. Um, cause you're, you're just not going to be happy with the outcome, especially have to, if you have to live with it. I mean, there's a million real estate deals. There's partnership deals that are, are based on, degrees of manipulation and at the end of the day they they always end up in conflict and um, they're problematic. Yeah, very problematic. As you're speaking, I'm thinking about when I was a vice principal at the uh, big high school and the parents used to come in so angry that their kids got in trouble and really come in yelling and screaming. I mean, if I even got one day a year where somebody didn't scream at me, I used to consider myself lucky. A parent would come in and do that. And I used to start always with, 
Okay, before we proceed, would you please explain to me how you think from how you first approached me, that's going to help us work to better together when we both have the same interest in mind, which is helping your child. Yeah, so that's the perfect <laughs> response. You know? um, because, you know, when I'm, and I'm a parent of two sons, um, and when we used to go to parent-teacher interviews, it would be the same thing. And, and the, I had like three teachers literally say to me, you know, because you only get five minutes for those kinds of discussions with, with when there's a lineup of parents aside. And they, they would say, Mr. Sloop, you're the, you're the only person that asks questions about Matthew and Kyle. Um, we get most of the parents get defensive about a mark they got or a project that they felt that the student should have been marked better on. And when you confront the teacher like that, and make it win-lose and, and try to manipulate that five minutes is generally not a good thing. So I, that would be something, Sharon, I would give you very high marks for using, and you simply repeat that for the rest of your life and just change the context if you're dealing with a bank or someone and take the very same approach. You know, so we're asking questions. So let's say I know I'm getting ready to go in and negotiate or there's a negotiation that's going to take place. How should I prepare to do that? And I'm just saying I in general, okay? Because all of us are getting ready at some time or another to go negotiate. We know we need to do that. So what can we do ahead of time to get us ready? Well, first first is, um, and people are not very good at this, Sharon. They're, they're, they're not very good at doing their research and preparing. So preparation means you need to do your research um, whether that be on the internet or whether you're buying a home and you need to drive around the neighborhood and check it out. If you're buying a vehicle, you need to do your, you know, your internet research on the vehicle. So first step is, is you have to plan and prepare. So planning and preparing, the first step is gather information and do your research. Number two is to establish your goal or your, your desired outcome, which is what do you want to achieve? And then number three, you determine your, your opening negotiating position, which is what you're going to ask for. And if you go into every single negotiation, whether big or small, whether personal, social, uh, with the idea I'm going to do my planning and preparation, I'm going to determine what my goal or my outcome I want from this is. And then I'm going, from my goal, I'm going to build my opening position, which is what I'm going to ask for, which is why every teenager asks for a longer curfew time than they know their parents are willing to give them because they know there'll be a reach for compromise. So when someone says, I'll be home at, you know, I'll be home at one and the parent says, no, curfew's 11, most times they end up reaching for compromise between 1130 and midnight. So... Um, if you, you have to do your research and, and my big take on, on t 25 years of doing this is the number one fault, Sharon, of, um, uh, we want to come back and hear that after our next break, our number one okay. fault, because we need to take another break. Stay tuned to know the name, know the genius in you, which is being heard on XZBN.net and XZone Broadcast Network Station and on the website, knowthename.com. We're going to find out more about some of the different ways that Michael has assisted people in negotiating skills. Stay tuned. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologist, 
Facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Michael Slupka. Now, that's S-L-O-O-P, like Peter, K, like Keith, A, Michael Slupka, who can be reached via his website, negotiatingcoach.com. Now, Michael, before the break, you were going to tell us about this number one mistake that people do. Please continue. Yeah, Sharon, over 25 years in those 51,000 people, I think... That the biggest mistake people make aren't necessarily the tactics or the strategies that were, or the or the um, the phrases or the scripts, which people kind of look for the easy solutions to solving negotiation. The number one problem they don't do is they don't do the research and they don't gather information and they don't have a strong attention to detail. And um, it's something that people need to get much better at. And today with technology, there's no excuse for not googling, or checking LinkedIn, or doing a whole bunch of stuff to determine and get your research and get your facts together before you start to proceed in a negotiation. Because if you get into the middle of a negotiation and you haven't done your research, you're at a significant disadvantage. The simple rule is, is this, is that um, is the person or the party that has the most in-depth and accurate information has a significant advantage in the negotiation. Oh, that's really interesting to know. Um, I will like to inform everybody that I always do that before I go in and buy a car. And when I bought my Subaru Impressa, it was it was the top of the line, the sports model, close to thirty thousand dollars, and I walked away paying twenty one thousand. So I really think you ought to do your research first. And I researched cars and backgrounds and whatnot for over a year before I went in. But you know, I look at it from watching things and for a year i look at it that i made nine thousand dollars from my research well you know and a negotiated dollar is a bottom line dollar and that's the other thing we try to teach people is i negotiated with a mobile phone company the other day on behalf of my stepdaughter um just because she's in law school and she was busy and it's not that i don't have people negotiate on their own behalf but i had situational power namely that i do a lot of business with this particular telecommunications company and she was paying $135 for a plan that I got for $65. So take $70 difference times 12 months, and I saved my stepdaughter $700 a year um, in five minutes. That's incredible. Any hints on how to do that for the rest of us? Yeah, ask for the retention department. Um, first of all, you have to understand how much you spend on your cellular services. Then don't, do it, don't calculate it by month. I want you to take the monthly cost times 12 months, so come up with an annual amount you spend with the company. Then I want you to take the lifetime value that you've had while you've been with that company. So in the United States, if you've been with AT&T or Verizon 
or one of those companies. You simply determine the, the dollar value um, that you've been worth them as a client. And if, if you're on a family plan or multiple people have cell phones, then when you call those people, just I, I never deal with the initial customer service representative. The first comment I make on the phone is, may I speak to the retention department? And the moment I'm on the phone, I tell them that I've been with Rogers for 17 years and I spend X amount of thousands of dollars a year times 17 years so that they know they're not on the phone with somebody who spends $65 a month. They know they're on the phone with somebody that spent thousands of dollars. It changes the context of the conversation. I think that's incredible. I love that hint. Now, how does decision-making play into being a better negotiator? Well, flawed decisions lead to bad negotiated outcomes. Um, and we're doing, we, do, we do a lot of research into the why. Um, the motivations of the other parties your own are critical to to understanding what you can offer the other side to create the win. So there's you know what are their wants, what are their needs, what are their dominant buying motives, um, what are their pressure points? That's that's something that someone else really doesn't understand. I mean, if you're negotiating with a mortgage, and there are strict mortgage rules in certain jurisdictions now, the reality is those bankers or those mortgage mortgage brokers still have to, um, you know. Uh, move loans and you have to go into the negotiation on the basis that that mortgage broker, that banker, uh, or that, that mortgage personnel person has as much pressure as you do. Um, so it's really important that people understand the pressure points and the decision-making dynamics of the other party. Uh, you know, back to your car story. I mean, we net, we teach people never go in in the, you know, the beginning or the middle of a month. You go at the end of the month, at the end of the quarter, after you've done your research and you go into the dealership at 8.30 at night. Um, because the, like in your case, it, you know, it was Subaru. Is that what you bought? Yes. I love my Subaru. <laughs> so so the Subaru offers incentives to the dealership and the dealership offers incentives to the salesperson. And the way those those systems work is you have to hit your quota, you have to hit your monthly numbers, and you have to hit your quarterly numbers. So don't go in at the beginning of the month and buy a car or lease a car. There's no deals and there's no flexibility. Well, that's really interesting. I went into the place that was under construction and I pretended... Well, they- and I pretended like I wasn't really interested that their ad had brought me in because I had already done my research. And I pretended that their ad had brought me in and I said, okay, impress me with your Impressa. What's so great about this car? Even though I had done all the research. And so I acted so nonchalant. And when they came back with this offer, you know, I mean, and then when I said, okay, fine, you sold your car. The salesperson said, wait a minute. We thought you were just wasting our time. We didn't realize you were serious. And so then they had to scramble because they realized that they had really lowballed it. Yeah. They often do that to test the, let's see, that's another thing is they do that to test the legitimacy of the buyer or the person that's going to do the procurement. So they, they throw numbers out that are poorly thought out and they probably cost their dealership money because you might've been willing to pay a little more for the vehicle. Um, but they had, they had given you their opening position first that was lower than they should have. And that's the, that's the simple dynamics that work on everything, whether you're buying a house or whatever you're doing. It's the same process and methodology works all of the time on everything. Do your research, do your homework, get the other side to give you their position first, which is how much does this cost and what's the best price. When they give you that price, simply say you'll have to do better than that. And the person will retreat off of their opening position to their desired outcome very quickly. Yeah, which is just amazing, huh? I I have I learned how to literally bargain or negotiate um, when I lived in Germany because they used to have carts that would come around in the very small area where we were that had your pots and pans on it and your whatnot. I mean, and they could be pulled by a horse or whatever, and you went out and you negotiated for what you were willing to pay for that pot or that pan or whatever it was that you wanted. I mean, we were really back in the backwoods. And I watched um, the person I was married to negotiate and everything and what he ended up paying. And he came back in and he says, you know, that this pan, that man took a loss on this pan when he sold it to us. And I said, why would he do that? And, and he says, because he had so much fun negotiating with me, he didn't want to lose and not have some kind of a deal. <laughs> yeah. You know, some, pe- he said, some people do that. 
Yeah, and and he was like, oh, he'll make it up on the next one. I, we, we don't have to worry about him. So how do emotions play into negotiating? Well, we talked earlier in the program about arguing intensifies people's desire to prove themselves right. And it's um, you generally, when you're dealing with somebody in a negotiation that's, that's becoming emotional, um, or starts with high emotions, the goal is to disarm that person and get them to think rationally about what they're doing. If if you're involved in a negotiation with multiple parties on your team, like if you're running a business and you've got salespeople and a marketing person, what we try to tell people to do based on assessing personalities is, um, you, you, you know, emotion can be used for some degree of theater, Sharon. So there is what we call flinches where somebody can roll up their sleeves or, or set down the reading glasses or roll their eyes or drop a pen or stomp out of a room. Uh, those are all, some of those are legitimate theater flinches, which is they're, they're designed to show you that the other person has reached the end of their discussions. And some people are just naturally emotional to begin with. And they're tough to negotiate with because it's, it's hard to get them to calm down and it's hard to get them to see logic because they, they, um, they react um, always on an emotional plateau. And the only solution to that is to use your similar question, which is, listen, you can get as upset as you want about what's going to happen here, but that's not going to do you any good. I suggest you calm down and let's talk about what we believe is fair. You, you have to spend your time disarming people. And as a person that negotiates myself, I spend 30% of my time trying to arrange the negotiation so that, that the other person can, can better manage themselves. Because if they can't manage themselves, then we're not going to arrive at a win-win outcome. So you have to get them to see the logic. Okay, I just wanted to say one comment on what you said. I love all of that. But I will just tell you that when somebody tells me to calm down, I, I want to stop right then and there. It's like, excuse me, I was in perfect in charge of me. And... I, I don't want to be told what to do. Hmm. Interesting. You know, and I, I watch because I've had many discussions with friends about that. And it's like all the rest of it we're really good with. If they think we're getting excited, if because sometimes like, oh, wait a minute, that doesn't even make any sense. You know, I mean, that's my response. I'll say, wait a minute. I obviously didn't understand something correctly. It didn't make sense to me. And then when people respond, well, you need to calm down. I just want to go. I'm done. <laughs> so may I, may I ask, do we have time to ask you one question on this? Uh, ask it quickly. Wait, I may have to answer it after the break. Go ahead. So I want to ask you a question. When you say, when someone says calm down to you, if I were to ask you the following question, Sharon, you seem to be upset about me asking you to calm down. May I ask why? If we want to go to break, when you come back from break, we can maybe answer that question because I'd be interested in how you would respond to that. Okay. I'll tell you that when we come back from break. We need to take our last break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Now, after the break, we're going to find out what Michael has in his name that has assisted him that you just might have in your name as well. Stay tuned. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. 
Rachel, I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Michael Slupka. I love this last name. It's S-L-O-O-P-K-A, whose website is negotiatingcoach.com. Now, he's taken his skills to a level where he's able to share his knowledge with others that helps everybody learn how to be a better negotiator and to negotiate win-win situations. Now, Michael, right before the break, you asked me, okay, what, how would I respond, right, if somebody asked me and said, you seem to be getting upset or whatever, and what is it about calm down that bothered you? Yeah, so right? there's, a way to, there was, there's a way to ask the questions, and I didn't mean to say when I said to somebody, I don't generally say to somebody, calm down. I generally say to somebody, which is scripted and practices, you seem to be upset, may I ask why? But let's say you're in a personal situation, and someone says to you, Jeep, jeepers, Sharon, you know, calm down. Um, and yeah. you get upset by the suggestion that you're supposed to calm, be calm or be calm because you, somebody has the perception you weren't. I asked you the question, um, if somebody were to say, Sharon, you know, I'm, I'm, it's interesting that you respond that way. I may ask why. What would you say if you said, I'm perfectly calm, and then I asked you that question? How would you respond? I would respond with, I think you've misinterpreted my enthusiasm or my passion for what we're talking about because I'm a very logical person and I'm asking a logical question. And for you to try to turn it into an emotional argument is disrespectful and totally downgrading. And I resent it. Interesting. So we get to the why. So the reason mm -hmm. why I, I would ask that question is to get your perception of why you feel the way you do when someone says calm down um, is that way. So you use the word disrespectful, demeaning, um, and that's important for a person to know. So I would let you finish that and I would absorb what you said and we would move on because that's a logical answer you gave me. But I, I, it helps you get to the why, which is you believe that the comment calm down is disrespectful and demeaning, and that's important for someone to know. Yes. And and it's because I I thoroughly prepare, just like when I've gone into a job interview, because I have worked in eight different states as an educator and in four different countries. And when I go in, I have thoroughly researched the position, the people, the standings of the district. I mean, everything I can find out about where I'm going to be working. So when I go in, I'm very well prepared. And so if somebody, and it's the same thing, I don't care whether I'm buying something, I have negotiated for washing machines and refrigerators and you name it and saved a lot of money. And so if somebody was to say to me, calm down, I think I am so well prepared. I have this all planned and logical out. I am not not calm. I, I'm in charge of what I want to do and I know where my limits are and how much I'll spend and how much I won't. So I do, I take that and I think, if I was a man, you wouldn't say that to me. That's often so what I think. <laughs> So, Sharon, one of the things I would I would teach you then on the call is is on this on the on the broadcast is um, reverse it. So when someone says calm down, say, well, that's interesting that you would ask me to calm down. Why do you think I need to calm down? Ah, See? I like that. Thank you. Yeah. So so get to their why. In other words, before you get into saying you, you want to figure out, well, why does that guy? Why does that other person think I need to be calmed down? I'm not I'm not raising my voice. I'm not agitated. So just say, well, it's interesting. You just asked me to calm down. Why do you think I need to calm down? I love that. Thank you, Michael. I'm so glad I've had you on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> OK, now um, I want to know about I want to know about your toolkit. 
or your negotiator toolkit? Yeah, we've got, you know, I've got an audio learning program. So when people are walking, exercising, jogging, books are books are difficult on negotiating because they're written in such a way where you can't extrapolate out how a person is going to respond. And it's tough to work through the verbal scripts and phrases and responses and questions. So we found audio learning is the best way for people to learn because they can repeat, practice, listen, learn. So we've got a power negotiator toolkit, which is an audio learning program that does three things. There's a full advanced learning program. Then there's my best practices, phrases, questions, and tips, which is about 45 minutes long. And some of the tips we've shared with you on the broadcast. And there's also the personality assessment, Sharon, that's a PDF document. So a listener of your broadcast would, would be able to print the document and take the personality assessment and determine the type of personality they are and also understand how they interact with others. I love that idea. And you have a deal for all of us. Yes. Um, your listeners, it's it's currently ninety nine ninety five, and your listeners, if they use your name with the number one after it and enter the code, if they go to our website, um, and I think you're going to be publishing some notes possibly. Yes, um, I will be. For the broadcast, um, the promotion code is uh, Sharon1. And they'll get nineteen ninety five off the purchase price for your listeners only. It's an MP3 download. It's easy to do. Uh, and if you're going to be printing instructions or make that available to listeners on on a link or something, they can uh, they can take advantage of the offer. I think that is so generous of you. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it'll go in our in my newsletter that goes out. You know, so that everybody, even the ones that miss it and have to hear this later, will know that they can get it. Is there a time limit to this offer? Or as long as they're using that code for whatever no, they listen yeah, to the program? The, Sh- the Sharon 1 code ends. Um, it's applicable for purchases until 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on April the 26th, I believe. So that's another thing about negotiating is always set deadlines and always use time zones. Um, if not, people extend them. So uh, April the 26th, 5 p.m., Sharon 1, as many people can use it for the downloads. Great. Thank you. I just wanted to know if there was a timeline because I think most things do have that. Okay. So if there's, is there anything that people can do so that they could avoid negotiating if they're not comfortable with it or to preempt it so they don't have to negotiate or is negotiating simply a part of life that we all need to get used to? Well, it's a part of life and it's an essential life skill, but there are some people that are uncomfortable doing it. So here's the first the first bit of help I can give someone. If someone's going into a high-stakes negotiation car, a house, or a scenario, um, you know, a divorce, a settlement, a partnership, then then the person should consider hiring an expert. So if they're uncomfortable negotiating, have a partner or significant other who feels more comfortable doing it, do it for them. Number two, hire a subject matter expert um, to do it on your behalf, whether that be a real estate agent or a relative. I believe that once once people uh, once people become consciously competent at it, once they once they start to feel more comfortable with the process, they'll feel less confrontational and they won't be as intimidated or frightened by it, Sharon. I think once you get some people, get some early successes in practicing, I I think people will start to apply it in their life. I mean, a lot of the comments we get back on Facebook or our website or LinkedIn are people who try things that they didn't know or they were afraid of trying and they had some tremendous successes with it. Um, But if you are, you know, if you are uncomfortable with it, get someone else to do it for you, um, a family member where somebody's a little bit more skilled and or a subject matter expert if you're involved in a high-stakes negotiation. I, I think that's an excellent idea because you negotiate, and like just on my car, that can save you a ton of money. And I always think if you're not making more, I thought this way as an educator, as a teacher, and we all know that teachers don't get paid very much for all that they do, And I always thought if I don't have the money to spend, then I need to make sure that that money that is going out buys me more if that can be. And I found that always going in prepared invariably saves me money. For sure. And and whether you're on a household budget or whether you're financially independent and wealthy, um, you know, you just shouldn't throw money away. And there's an opportunity in a lot of places to save 
um, a lot of money on a lot of things. People just don't bother to try and they don't, some of them don't even ask. Well, and I know that when I say that I'm willing to cancel a service, be it a telephone service or an internet service or whatever, uh, usually they come back with an offer of a lower amount. For sure. Because, because they'd rather... The cost, of, the cost of acquiring a new customer or a client your own is much greater than giving you the concession. Yeah. So, I mean, I always wait to the last minute and I, I like to do that the most with Sirius XM radio, which I really enjoy, but I don't want to pay their yearly fee. <laughs> right. So um, thank you so much, Michael, for coming on and sharing all of your fabulous knowledge with us. And I'm so excited to present this to everybody that's listening because what a deal. And like I said, on both um, the show notes and in the newsletter, you can get all of the information that you need and the links that you would need and the correct spelling of Michael's last name. Michael, is there like in the last 30 seconds, is there anything that you would really like to part that you haven't said already? Um, my closing message is everything is negotiable except not negotiating. Um, so <laughs> give, give it a try um, and relax. Once you learn a little bit about the process, you'll feel a lot better about it. And it's a learned skill. So invest the time. Uh, in getting better at it. I, I love it. Thank you so much, Michael. Pleasure having you on the show. Sure. Okay, Thank everyone. You, be prepared, be surprised, and extremely pleased when you get to experience Michael Slupka's work. Now, his website, again, is negotiatingcoach.com. Again, it's negotiatingcoach.com. Now, Michael's name excels at being able to manifest what he wants. This is found in the letter M. If your name starts with the letter M, then you too can manifest your dreams as you have the fortitude to do so. Uh, do you know where your genius lies? And do you know what your name means and why you're here and what your purpose is and what your strengths and challenges are in your name? You can find out by going to knowthename.com and signing up for a session with myself. Tune in to hear the fascinating ways that all kinds of people have succeeded living their dreams and what their names say they can do well. This is Sharon Lynn Wyeth signing off. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. 
Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. 